Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. This episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our Talks podcast wherever you listen. I'm Jen. This is Melanie, and today's topic is parents with non-traditional work hours and how that impacts family life. We're talking with Nicole Agee, a KCRG morning news anchor. Welcome, Nicole. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. It's my very first podcast, so this is very exciting for me. I listen to them uh, when I have time being a working mom, but never have been on one, so this is uh, a joy. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm the morning news anchor for KCRG. I've been in that position for 10 years. I do work non-traditional hours. Um, People always say, oh, you've done this for 10 years. You must be used to it. And I'm still waiting for that (laughs) adjustment to kick in. I don't think it ever will because when you work crazy hours, any any parent who does knows that I don't think there's a chance for your body to adjust to it ever. So, uh, yeah, I've I've been in news for about 15 years. went from Missouri to Minnesota back to Iowa. This is uh, home for me. I'm from Ottumwa originally. So um, yeah, I love Cedar Rapids, love being here, and I hope that I can share something today that parents may find value in. Awesome. Thank you. Well, let's just jump right in. Sure. Um, Let's start with your typical day. What does that look like? Oh, typical days. As parents, we know no day is really that typical. (laughs) But if all goes according to plan, I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, which Mm -hmm. Mentally, it doesn't feel like morning. It feels like the middle of the night. I used to anchor evenings when I was in Minnesota, and that would be the time I would go to bed. So coming to (laughs) Iowa and then getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning was quite a reversal uh, for me in in my schedule. Um, I would not consider myself a morning person. I consider myself more productive at night, more of a night owl. Um, So I have to figure that out throughout my day. I I do most of my work in my nighttime, which is in the afternoon. (laughs) But anyway, I get up at 2. I'm at work around 3. We have about an hour and a half before the newscast then because our newscast starts at 4.30 to read scripts, put our face on, fluff our hair. More fluffing for me than for the guys. (laughs) Uh, Our newscast is two and a half hours long, which flies by most days. And after that, you know, we meet with the producers, we talk about things that worked, things that didn't, um, what the next day may look like, if that's a necessary conversation to have. I respond to emails because I get quite a few of those, Facebook messages, um, any kind of viewer concerns, phone calls. And then I'm usually out the door by about 8.30, I was about 9 Mm o'clock this morning when I left. So when my son was just shy of a year old, the station let me go to a part full schedule. So Uh I work about 30 hours a week, which was a very generous give Mm -hmm. on their part. So they could keep me, I could feel like I could do what I needed to do at home and get some much needed sleep Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, so most of my, most of my days are a little shorter than an average work day. Uh So I used to work the midday newscast as well. Those days would end up being about nine, nine and a half hour days. Which are long. Yes. <laughs> and then to go home and be on, like, full energy. For it's, it's full energy I mean, and, and, and so, you know, my kids go to my kids go to daycare and preschool. And so that's helpful and necessary because I do a split sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. I'll get about four or five hours of sleep a night. And then I'll try to make, make up for it uh, with about two, three hour nap during mm-hmm. the day. 
And that's, you know, assuming the dog's not barking, UPS mm-hmm. isn't at the door, uh, or I don't have other commitments because I do a lot of volunteering. I sit on boards and committees and I have those commitments as well, which I love. Um, but that also has to play into, okay, my personal well-being. Where does that mm-hmm. fit in? Mm-hmm. So kids usually come home sometime in the late afternoon. My husband, who works a more traditional schedule, will come home at some point also. We get about an hour, hour and a half as a family at night together mm-hmm. before kids go to bed. And as soon as the kids go to bed, I try to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Ideally, that's around 730 realistically it's more like 9 9 30. Oh. I like to be able to have a little bit of time to you know talk to my husband about our day without mm-hmm. you know one of our kids talking to us and just have an adult conversation for yeah. a few minutes or watch a mindless tv show yeah. for a little mm-hmm. while um but that's the typical day yeah. okay. that's a long answer to is, the question because is it hard to a take a nap in the daytime or are you just tired and ex- you know, like exhausted and ready to I rest? I think I've become a professional napper. Okay. <laughs> Get the sleep where you can. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a sleep mask or anything. Mm-hmm. I can sleep no matter what. The, I have harder a harder time going to bed early in the evening rather mm-hmm. than taking a nap during the day. Okay. Because I think I'm closer to work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in the evening, and so I'm thinking mm-hmm. about yeah, everything I have going on the next day as opposed to. Sometimes I won't even set an alarm for my nap. Uh-huh. I'll just say, you know what, body, you take as much time as you need, uh-huh. and I'll wake up when I'm ready. Yeah. And a lot of times that ends up being that two to three hour okay. range. Um, but yeah, I I have no problem taking a nap. That's good. <laughs> so you've kind of already mentioned that, but how does your work schedule impact your family routines like dinner or, or bedtime for the kiddos? It's hard to miss the wake up routine in the morning because I don't I don't get to see the kids when they wake up. And usually that's when they're happiest is after they've had a nice long sleep. So I don't get to see them in that way. Um, but, you know, at, at night, I, I'm trying to do a better job of making sure my focus at night is on the kids entirely. Don't try to do that extra load of laundry. Don't try to make this extravagant meal. Just focus on them because mm-hmm. if if my kids are you know bugging me about something, it's usually because they just want my attention. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. Yeah. They just want mom. They just want dad. They just want to be a family at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, making sure I carve out that time for them is paramount to me. Mm-hmm. What are some pros and cons to working non traditional hours? Well, the cons, I think, are more obvious when you mm-hmm. talk about getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of sleep is, is rough. Going to bed when I can hear my family outside playing and the sun's still up in the summer mm-hmm. is rough. Um, How has daylight savings time, has that impacted you then? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I can sleep no matter the situation. And honestly, we've raised really good sleepers. That's- I hate to say this to to other parents out there, but both both my kids slept through the night at six weeks old. Mine did too. Mine did pretty oh, good nice. too. So I they think maybe the, now. the sleeping <laughs> runs in the family. Like we can all get to sleep. Uh, now they don't always stay asleep, yeah. you know, every single night. But for the most part, um, everybody in the house is is pretty good at adjusting to those time changes. Um, yeah. So daycare options are available for, um, typically daycare options are available for more traditional, you know, the the nine to five work hours. How might um, that impact someone working in in your line of work? We're fortunate that 
yes, my hours are crazy, but my husband's hours are more typical. You know, okay. he'll go in about um, anywhere from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning and come home usually about 6, 6.30 at night. Um, sometimes 5.30, that's a treat. He also works at Channel 9, by the way. I okay. should mention that. Okay. We, we, we have a working relationship as well as, well as um, our, our, our marriage at home. So um, we, he understands the, the demands of my job and vice versa. And so um, that makes that a little more feasible. I had a, a friend who was a single mom working the morning show um, back in Missouri. And um, when she needed childcare and she didn't want to give up her job, she loved her job. Anyone who, who works these hours for any period of time loves their job. They have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she uh, had, when her son was young, uh, she would have a college student almost serve as an overnight nanny. So she had oh, an extra bedroom and, and the, the nanny would help put her son to bed, stay the night there in case, you know, he would get up in the middle of the night, the nanny could see to those needs. Mm-hmm. Then she could get up in the middle of the night and go to work when everybody else was sleeping mm-hmm. and then take over in the morning when she got off work. And so that's how she made it work. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, a uh, option for a lot of people. I, th- mm-hmm. I know a lot of my friends rely on um, grandparents too, a great a great resource, aunts, uncles, those sorts of things. I'm just fortunate that w- at least one of us has a normal schedule mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we can do a little bit of a trade-off. And, you know, we talked about the pros and cons. I should mention the pr- a pro to, to having those alternate schedules is my kids are sick. My kids need me. I don't have to take time off work. Mm-hmm. I'm available during the day. Yeah. You know, but that also turns into a con because that cuts into my nap a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, but if they're sick, it may not. I know. But but I'm there if they need me. Yes. I can volunteer in my kid's classroom. I can mm-hmm. participate in things during the day um, that I might otherwise not be able to do if I worked a traditional mm-hmm. 9 to 5. And I think that's a big um, motivational factor for families. Mm-hmm. Um, if one parent does, you know, like nurses might work a weekend package where, you know, they're gone and might miss as the kids get older, you know, weekend tournaments or activities, mm-hmm. but they're there during the week as yeah. well. So there's a variety of occupations that... Um, one, of, one of my good friends is a nurse and she, um, after she had her son, took on the weekend package. So she works, what is it, like 36 hours over the weekend, but then she's off all week. So that kind of helps them to not have to pay mm-hmm. for, for childcare. So, you know, her weekends are always already decided for her which can be hard too but um that allows for them to be able to do that at home as long as you can muster through you know the things that can be frustrating about working non-traditional hours and see the benefits Mm -hmm. and say you know Mm -hmm. what this is the best thing for my family right now Mm -hmm. you know my my son's starting to get involved in different activities and as he grows up and as my daughter grows up they might be involved in things at night Mm -hmm. and you know the alternative to my job is evening anchor and that's a 2 to 11 job. And so if I were working that shift, for, for example, I would miss things at mm-hmm. night. So this way, yeah, I might be tired the next day, but I'll be there. Yeah, I can exactly. be there for them. And yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a definite pro. When it sounds like you have flexibility as well, and I think that um, is so important in, in the workforce and hopefully is becoming more and more prevalent as well as, uh, you know, more and more people are working from home mm-hmm. or, or different types of hours that they, the companies see the value in that as yeah. well, to have happy employees and, and being able to make that balance work with their family. Mm-hmm. If I could anchor the news in my pajamas from home, I might. Yeah, and I'd be <laughs> okay with well that. Might. I'd be okay watching you do that because I know you'd be, and I'd kind of enjoy seeing the dog run 
run behind you once in a while, or you know, a kid, you know, yep. kid screaming for yeah, that, you know, that it's real, and um, I'd be okay with that. So you'd get my yeah. vote. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, if if I didn't get to wear a dress to work every day, I feel like I would say, man, I wish I could dress up for work more. <laughs> But there's also days where I'm like, I just want to leave my big heavy coat on. It is cold outside. It's cold in the studio. I wish I could put my hair in a ponytail. Right. Um, I not have to be all ready to go for the camera. Grass is always greener, isn't <laughs> right, it? Right. So um, on to our next question. Um, in a previous episode, um, we talked about bad mom moments and mom guilt. Um, can you speak to that if you have experienced this? And what does it look like for you? Oh, we face mom guilt every day. Yes. I also want to say, though, I, I think it's not just mom guilt. It can be parent guilt because I see mm-hmm. it with my husband's a, an amazing father. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times when the demands of what he does cause pulls at his heartstrings a little bit because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to miss anything. And he wants to sure. be there for the kids. And because he works traditional hours, he can't volunteer like I can in the kids' classrooms. And so mm-hmm. he'll come home and hear our son talk about, oh, mom was in school today and we did this and that. And I think there's a little bit of guilt there. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I don't think he lets it show as much as like I do. Mm-hmm. I think moms inherently are just harder. We're harder on ourselves. Um, or just maybe talk about it more. But yeah. I think that, you know, parent guilt is a mm-hmm. real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, mom guilt, whether it's, you know, I I don't want to cook a big meal, so I'm going to I'm going to go for the frozen chicken nuggets and try not to feel bad about it because it makes them happy, it gets them fed and it speeds up our evening so we can spend more quality time together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's priorities too, so it's okay. And I used to think that as well. I, um, when my first son was born, I decided to stay at home, and so I literally thought, "Oh, I'll have pot roast on the table." You know, when my husband came home, and like never once was there a pot roast on the table. Literally, it's not you realistic. know. And, well, no, and I was like seeing what my mom had done, and you know, we're all just trying to get through the journey. But um, yeah, it's choices, and so it's okay if it's a frozen meal or it's a PB&J. It gets, like you said, what's your priority is is that family time, or okay. if you do enjoy cooking and that is a, a time for you as well, that's great if you want to focus on Maybe cook on with that. the kids. Exactly. Yeah, you know, include them in that process. I, I also think a big piece of mom guilt is that in the moment you feel it, you feel like you're the only one feeling it. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that we're, we're never alone in this and that it's always important to to reach out and to know that other women are experiencing other parents are experiencing mm-hmm. the exact same things we are um you know i uh i had a miscarriage before my son was born and my husband was out of town i didn't tell my mom for days because i felt ashamed i remember just like sitting on my kitchen floor, hugging my refrigerator, because that's all I knew how to do. I felt like I did something wrong. I felt like I wasn't even a mom yet, and I'd already failed at something. Mm -hmm. Mom guilt starts from the minute you decide you want to become a mom. Yeah. Right. And I didn't didn't realize until much later how common it is, how many people have gone through it, and nobody nobody talks about it. Yeah. And from that moment on, I decided, you know what, every time I have a really tough moment as a mom, I'm going to talk about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to reach out to friends. I'm going to talk to my, I'm going to talk to my mom. I'm going to talk to my husband. I'm going to talk to others about it because mm-hmm. we're not on this journey by ourselves. Yeah, right. absolutely not. We, we and so have many people, other people feel those same things and yeah. about the same things yeah. that, you know, you don't think until you're having a conversation. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It can be as, it can be as complicated as that, or it can be as simple as, 
what you choose to feed them to eat. <laughs> Momming is hard. I know. I always said that I wasn't going to be the parent that made like separate meals and I <laughs> try not parent. to, but it's like, you know what, if they're going to eat this and I know if I set it down and they're going to eat this, you know, it is what it is. Oh, we're in, the, we're in the great chili battle of 2019. <laughs> the last three nights have been chili at our house and my son will not eat it. <laughs> And then you send them to bed hungry and you think, uh-oh, did I do the right thing? Psychologically, did I do the right thing? Am I doing the right thing for their physical health? And yeah. you just have to right. think, you know what? This is the choice I made. Yep. Mm-hmm. They will be fine. breakfast in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll yeah. try it again tomorrow. And our kids aren't even like picky eaters. It's just what they want when they want it. And it's, you, know. you pick your battles yeah. and long-term yeah. you know, outlook. And, and that's a good point, too, um, even because a lot of our listeners are expecting families as well. Mm-hmm. And so that guilt starts because those journeys as well take mm-hmm. many different paths. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a very good piece of advice is to to share and talk with others, find your group, find, you know, someone that so you don't feel alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's from the moment you decide, OK, I think I think let, let's have a baby. Let's let's give this a try. And it doesn't work the first month you try to have a baby. From that moment on, you think, uh-oh, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Internalize it. Right. And and the wheels start spinning. You start, you know, WebMDing everything and Googling <laughs> everything. And you go down this awful online rabbit hole and just stop. Yeah. You know, just talk to real people you know, because chances are they've gone through something similar. Well, yeah. And we, I mean, I knew before I even got married that we would have some troubles getting um, pregnant. And so... I feel like a lot of my guilt came from, you know, knowing that I relied on a doctor to kind of help us make that family choice. And, you know, you just are like, you know, there's for some people, it's just super easy and they can have a baby and then they do. And then, you know, you hear how easy that story is. And ours was a basic, you know, medical help where some families go way, you know, way further down that. And just that feeling of like, you know, for me to have this family. Right. You know, I rely on somebody else to help give me that. And then you must feel guilty for feeling guilty. Yeah. It's guilt upon guilt. Vicious <laughs> yeah. cycle. Like, Wait a minute. Why do I feel guilty? I should feel fortunate that I have my children. Yes. I'm eight, that, that this worked out. That my kids are happy and healthy. Yeah. So why would I? Now I feel guilty for feeling guilty. <laughs> right. And it's just the cycle is just, is just you know. And I think when you work a non-traditional shift, it's just you have that inherent guilt every time you you have to say goodnight to them early and hear them having fun or doing something else or they're sad you're going to bed or they're sad that you're tired Mm -hmm. i think that i think that that just comes with it Mm -hmm. and like i said you just have to prioritize your time and and give them you when you have it yeah to give are they are they good with your schedule and knowing that like you might go to bed earlier than them sometimes oh they think it's the coolest thing that mom's on tv (laughs) yeah they they (laughs) I don't think they'll think that forever. So I'm embracing it as long as I can. Yeah. But um, at least my son understands um, mom has to go to bed early because mom has to get up super early mm-hmm. and she's not going to be here when I get up in the morning. Yeah. So we've started this cute tradition and he started it really. I didn't have anything to do with it where uh, in the morning he'll leave a toy on my nightstand uh-huh. in my room and that is my assigned toy to bring to, to preschool pickup. Okay. And so I bring that toy to, to preschool with me and, and so it's in the car and he has it and we'll talk about the toy you know, on the way home from school. Uh-huh. And, um, any day that we call them Mommy and Jack days and uh, my son's name is Jack and, and sometimes I might pick him up a couple hours early. We'll go to the trampoline park or the park if it's nice or mm-hmm. go get a cookie and chocolate milk which is his favorite thing to do. Yeah. So... 
Um, That's a neat tradition. I think that he he sees the benefit Mm -hmm. to me not working regular hours because sometimes it frees me up to do those things. Yeah, sure. Well, throughout the podcast, you've shared some advice for um, our new and expecting um, families, like focusing on the kids when when you have time with Mm -hmm. them. Um, So don't worry as much about what the meal looks like, for example, or parent guilt and trying to avoid that even from the very start by by talking and sharing with others as well what you're going through, because chances are they are as well. Do you have any other advice for new and expecting families? It's so easy to just want the days to to just fly by especially in the beginning you know I'm not gonna lie it's it's hard and especially if you if you work odd hours on top of that um, hopefully you know you're in a place where you can have some maternity leave so you can have some regularity with a newborn Mm -hmm. but especially in that first year it is it is so hard to find a normal and you just want time to just go by to get to a point where you're comfortable Mm -hmm. okay you're never going to be comfortable (laughs) as a parent there's always going to be a little bit of unease no matter what you do don't wish that time to fly by because you're going to wish you had it back and just um, don't make me cry i i I, I can't reiterate enough just and i'm still learning this you know it's taken me you know five years and i've been telling myself the same thing the laundry will get done tomorrow when the kids are at school and you have, you know, an hour to yourself the next day. You know, put it before you take your nap, put it in the washer and worry about it then. And just focus on your kids because the thing that they want most in their lives is you. And if you can give them that, that's going to be the best thing you can do for yourself and for your kids. That's great advice. That's great. That's wonderful. Because it's easy to get caught in that moment of, do I, I'm going to tear up. Uh, <laughs> do I, you know, work on the dishes right now and, you know, get those yeah. caught up or, but yeah, then they're crazy in the other room and it's like, they really just want me. That's why they're being I, that way. I had a stay at home mom and I think all the time of what, it, how my life would have been different if my mom would have worked. Mm-hmm. It would have been so different. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we ever had, we didn't have a babysitter we didn't have daycare, went to preschool starting at age three. But before that, you know, it was all mom all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, she was at every softball practice and took us places throughout the day. And and I just, I, I can't thank her enough for doing that because, you know, she said goodbye to a job to be there for us. And sometimes guilty. I feel guilty <laughs> uh, that I'm not doing the same for my kids. And, and, it, and it's finding a balance in what's right for you. Mm-hmm. There's no right. There's no wrong. It's finding what works best for you, your family, your kids, your situation. Um, but just carving out, if, if you are a working parent, just carving out that time to just create those memories. Because when they're 37, <laughs> they're going to remember it. <laughs> oh, that's some great advice. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before we end today, would you mind sharing a favorite story time memory or book with us? So my mom did a great job of, I feel like I'm going for the best daughter award. Um, (laughs) Um, So if my mom's listening, Uh, my mom did a great job of fostering a love for reading for my sister and me. And um, because she had the time to do it, we went to the library quite a bit um, growing up in Atamwa. And this was before there were any computers, though I do remember playing Oregon Trail on a, on a green screen computer <laughs> when I was a little Oregon older. Trail. Uh-huh. 
Um, but the whole bottom floor was the kids' area, and she would just let us loose. We got to explore. We got to read books while we were there. And then we had a maximum um, allotment of 12 books that we could take home. I think That's that was probably good. because if we took more than that, they'd probably get lost in the shuffle <laughs> in our house. Um, so I remember reading um, Amelia Bedelia, um, Berenstein Bears, um, some books that are still around that I hope um, my kids like when they get a little older. Um, and my grandma, every Christmas Eve, would read The Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my favorite memory of someone reading to us. Because even as we got older and we were able to read, she would still read it to us. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, before she passed away, she got to read it to my son mm-hmm. on a Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And so even though we're not all together as family every Christmas Eve anymore, because we have Christmas Eve with our kids at home, we try to still read that book to them to mm-hmm. keep that tradition going because I remember it so well. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it rubs off on my kids and we just <laughs> awesome. keep Passing that cycle now. going. Yeah. But, um, you know, my kids love books. I love that they love books. My son is learning to read. He can read small words, and he's got those ready-to-read mm-hmm. books, and he loves superheroes. So we have the Batman and the Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. And so he'll forego playing sometimes to sit down and read, That's which awesome. is really cool. Yeah. Um, but some of the books we love to read are The Little Old Lady Who Wasn't Afraid of Anything, which is a favorite around Halloween time. Mm-hmm. Um, Dino Duckling is a, is a great book to read. It talks about the differences between, you know, in this case, animals uh-huh. related to people. And anytime I can do a voice or be theatrical with storytelling, <laughs> I love it. So, for example, um, the Lorax is popular in our house mm-hmm. because I'll do a Lorax voice because to me, that's what the Lorax <laughs> sounds like. Yeah. Um, so I'll do the voice and it makes him laugh and then he'll say, do the voice again and um, or any kind of actions. And my daughter, you know, doesn't really get storylines yet but she mm-hmm. loves the lift the flap books quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah. she's very aggressive with lifting the flap to where the <laughs> flaps were gone on some of the books but yeah. that's okay yeah um and now it's he's starting he's starting to read to her and that oh. is a cool moment too yeah. so we'll just keep it going yes thanks nicole for sharing with us how you balance family life and your career well thank you for letting me talk at length about it i appreciate it This is the Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library, and today we talked with our friend from KCRG. Start your day bright and early with Nicole Agee on KCRG TV9. Follow her on Facebook, Nicole Agee KCRG. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy Iowa City.